What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always. We have a national champion. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish win the national championship for the first time ever in program history. They're the second ever champion west of the Appalachian Mountains. Um, unbelievable run here for Notre Dame this season from being left out of last year's tournament to now winning the title here in 2023 and doing it against Duke. Uh, they're 13 to 9 in Philadelphia here on Memorial Day. Um, what a what a performance here from Notre Dame. What a performance from Liam Intamin. 18 saves, 66.7% save percentage from him in this national title game. He was the difference maker here for the Irish in this contest without a doubt. Liam Intamin was the difference maker in this game. Uh, Notre Dame gets up 6-1 to one at halftime. They survive a Duke comeback. Duke ties it at 7-7. Seven to seven. Charles Balsamo, goal there, makes it a tie game. And really, from that point on, uh, I believe it was a 6-2 um, outscoring of Duke through those final minutes, uh, final quarter and change there that Notre Dame had. Um, and really, once you saw, for me at least, I, I think the, 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 the goal that really signified like the kind of win this was and signified, not that things were, you know, quote-unquote over, but really led me to believe Notre Dame has this, was that Chris Cavanaugh diving goal um, he grabs the loose ball that kind of bounces to him, comes around the cage, gets under the defender, p- puts home a diving goal there. Um, it's a big boy goal from the sophomore. And, you know, when he put that one home, I, I kind of said to myself in my head, I think Notre Dame's going to win this one. And that was with, what, 0.6 seconds left in the third quarter. And really, from there on out, it wasn't all Notre Dame, where you did have, uh, you know, the Owen, Owen Caputo goal that made it a uh, 10-8 game, and you thought, you know, maybe you know, Duke, they still got some, something left in the tank, and then, you know, that was really the last-ditch effort, if you will, there from Duke, and, and in large part to Liam Entman, seven saves in that fourth quarter, um, you know, he turned into Tillman Johnson in that second half. Like, it was a as good of a goalie performance as I can remember. I was trying to think back to some of the great goalie performances that we've seen over the past years. Um, and obviously, Tillman Johnson is the one that always kind of comes to mind. Um, Jack Starr, 2018 with Yale, was, was phenomenal. Uh, Alex Rode, 2019 with Virginia, is one that I'm kind of remembering here at the moment, but we've had a, a ton, and, and, and Liam Intamin just cemented himself in history here 
um, you know, the the uh, Malcolm Kelly Award winner for best goalie in the country, and then does this in the uh, national title game. Just a phenomenal season from him, and a phenomenal season here from the Irish. And the, uh, a couple of other thoughts here that just keep rolling through my head as uh, as we've just gotten done with this national championship game about an hour and a half ago is like. The, the the this has to be one of the more physical title games that I've seen in recent memory. Like I don't remember a title game as physical as this game was. You saw a bunch of big hits. You saw a bunch of great plays, great ground balls in between the boxes, uh, great riding. This was just an overall physical game and a really fun game to watch. Um, or, or, on both sides here, just going at it throughout. Like, you could tell both these teams knew what this stage was, and they knew what they had to bring to this stage. And they brought it, and it produced a fantastic, fantastic product here on Memorial Day. Uh, but in terms of Notre Dame, just kind of looking at this, Grit, I think, is the one word that comes to my mind here. Um, you look at just the, the, the way that, that Intamin played in this game. You look at uh, you know Chris Cavanaugh in the semifinal game. I think he has a big cut over his eye. Uh, Pat Cavanaugh, who only had an assist today, was you know, limited injury, obviously, with, with the hamstring. Uh, but and, and, and I will say Duke's defense... Both defenses, honestly, did a fantastic job in the six-on-six. Um, and I mentioned this in my post-game recap uh, article. Is like, and and this was mentioned, I believe, on the broadcast as well. Is like the first half. Yes, Notre Dame got up six to one, but Duke wasn't necessarily playing that bad. Like Duke was out shooting Notre Dame, and all of Notre Dame's goals except for, I believe, one or two in the first half, weren't in the settled six-on-six. Six. They were either on, you know, unsettled situations, a man-up, or a transition. And that's how Notre Dame was getting their goals. And they somewhat continued that in the second half as well. Um, I think they got better than the six-on-six six in the second half. Um but again, like unsettled situations, you see the, that that Chris Cavanaugh goal that I just mentioned. Grab the ball that, that kind of bounces your way. You you know play big boy ball, wrap it on the cage, get on your defender, and, and put that one home. Like that's not a that's not a scripted six on six set. Like and and neither team really um, Duke got a lot better at that in the second half. And during that second half run that Duke had. A lot of missed slides, but it was two consecutively uh, from Notre Dame that Duke took advantage of and was able to put it home. The Brennan O'Neill goal was a man-up goal. It's that same little play that they constantly run uh, for O'Neill on the man-up with, with a guy on top, kind of yeah, the inside cutter, guy cuts the inside, and a guy cuts up top, bring, you kind of want to draw the defense to this side, leaves O'Neal open right there up top for a step-down shot, and 
beautiful step down that he has, and, and, and he put that one home. Part of that big run here in this one. But, but again, just the kind of grit, the physicality, are, are, are two things for me that I think really um, stand out uh, in terms of this game alone. Um, and then also what not just Notre Dame, but also Duke brought today on Memorial Day and frankly brought uh, this weekend in both of their games. Uh, I do want to mention Will Lynch, face-off man for Notre Dame. I don't have the stats up for the semifinal game, but I mean, he went against Pedro Sala in the semifinals and then against Jake Naso today. He hadn't been like fantastic this season. He had been average. He had been, what, 40, somewhere between like 45 and 48 percent. Uh, so it was under 50 percent uh, this season heading into the tournament. Hadn't been fantastic. He had had some really good performances. He had had some not so good performances. It was kind of a hit or miss um, for him in, in many respects this season. Uh, but he comes in today, goes 63 percent, 12 for 19 at the dot against Jake Naso. Jake Naso goes 41%, 10 for 24. Colin Hagstrom also played for Notre Dame, went 2 for 5 on the day for the Irish as well. Improving at the faceoff dot and the play in cage, I think are, are, are two aspects that really, at this time of the year, when those four, two teams you know, two to four teams left, the semifinals and the title game. That's when you want those guys to step up. That's when you want those guys to make those big plays. And they both did that on the biggest stage here um, this weekend. Uh, Intamin, obviously, we, we've talked about multiple times already and have mentioned multiple times already. Uh, but, but, but Lynch as well, just phenomenal. I, I don't think, and that was one of the biggest questions for me coming into this game was, you know, Lynch played well against Virginia. Is he going to be able to play that good or even better um, or even slightly worse? Like, is he going to be able to be within that realm again on Monday against Naso? And, in fact, he was. In fact, he was. And, again, I don't have the stats up, but I believe he was better today than he was against Rosala. Um at least just me thinking off the top of my head right now. Um, and, I mean, just what a performance here from from Will Lynch to improve here late in the season. Now, let me pull up this box score here real quick from Saturday's game to uh, make sure of that. Uh, yeah, he was better today. He was better today. 63%. Today, 12 for 19. He was 13 for 22, 59% against Virginia. Fellas, he was 8 for 19 against Johns Hopkins. It's 42%. Like last weekend, like this time last week, he was coming off a 42% performance against Hopkins. He had only gone above 50% uh, one time since over the past month heading into this weekend, and that was uh, the, uh, well, North Carolina game, he goes 50%, but he went 79 against Utah. Uh, those were his best two performances 
uh, you know, some of the best of the year. He went 70% against Syracuse, 61 against Ohio State uh, there in the Syracuse game April 1st, Ohio State game uh, on March 11th, and then 62 against Marquette and 59 against Cleveland State to open the season. Like, he had not been spectacular. He'd improved over the season, and we, we talked about that a little bit, but to have the weekend that he had, I, I think, is 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 absolutely phenomenal uh, for him, and and again, phenomenal for this Notre Dame program to, to finally get a national championship. Um, you know, finally get a national championship. And I, I do want to mention, we mentioned Entman, uh, we mentioned kind of this Notre Dame team being able to get, get the goals where they could get them, right? Like, get these goals where they could get them. I mean, you get a Quinn McCann goal uh, with, what, 502 left in the half, beating the 10-man ride, just slinging it from the freaking other side of the Delaware River, um, and just phenomenal uh, goal that he had there. He had another one. I thought today and Saturday were, were good examples of the kind of the midfield depth that Notre Dame has. You, Quinn McCann had two goals today. Eric Dobson had two goals. Brian Tevlin had two goals. Jack Simmons, one goal, two assists. Like, this midfield depth, I think, was, was one of the more, and we had talked about it on the podcast uh, a couple times this year, but one of the more maybe overlooked things about Notre Dame because, and as we saw on today's broadcast, all they want to talk about is the Kavanaugh brothers, and they're great, and they play fantastic, but, like, this is this team is much more than the Kavanaugh's, and they showed that today. They showed that this weekend in a big part as to why the national champions is that depth that they have there. I mean, you've got two-way middies uh, that, and really, I thought, you know, I think I mentioned this way back when we did our uh, which feels like a like a year ago now when we did our uh, NCAA tournament preview, was the uh, midfield depth for Notre Dame. I, I felt that's why they would win this national championship. That's why I had them uh, winning this title this year is because of that, because of guys like Eric Dobson and Clint McCann that on a dime can give you what you need, um, because of guys like Jack Simmons, that can step up, who've won two titles. Brian Tevlin has you know, won a national title, and, and he now has two, one with Yale, one with Notre Dame. And, look, this is a guy who had the game winner in overtime on Saturday. He had two goals today, including the first game of the contest. Garrett Ledman also had the first goal of the game here uh, today uh, for Duke, scoring the first 35 seconds. But... That would be the only goal Duke would have in the first half as, again, this Notre Dame defense, and again, both defenses I thought played very well uh, in terms of the six-on-six, but the Notre Dame defense, again, particularly good. Uh, Chris Fake did a great job on Brennan O'Neill. One goal, one assist off of nine shots. He was 0 for 5 at the half. Uh, Phenomenal day that... Fake did on O'Neill, and if you look at at O'Neill, his season, um, and against Notre Dame, they've played twice now. He had one goal back on April eighth against Notre Dame in the regular season. Chris Fake again doing a great job on him there, and then one and one today in the national title game 
Uh, and look, he had six and one against Michigan. He had three and one against uh, Penn State. Like, and Penn State did a fairly good job on him in the second half. Um, I don't believe he scored in the second half of that game. But this this Notre Dame defense knew what to do with him. Um, you know, Penn State credit to them making those adjustments they did in the semifinals to limit him and, and better support Posey there in the second half. But O'Neal uh, getting not completely locked off, and uh, he did get some get, get some action today. Uh, one one goal, one assist, as I said. But uh, kudos to the Notre Dame defense for sure. Um, in terms of what they did today and this Notre Dame team overall. Again, a, uh, a, a really, what I call a, a, a gritty win, a uh, win that they had to battle it out. Um, and to get that first national championship, again, congrats to Kevin Corrigan and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, all the national champions. And, and I did pick Notre Dame to win the title. Um, if you look back at my preseason predictions, I think I'd picked, uh, see this real quick, preseason, I uh, believe I had picked, um, yeah, I picked Virginia to win the title, but I picked uh, Notre Dame as one of the championship weekend predictions that I had there. I predicted Kevin Corgan, Coach of the Year. I believe he will probably get that. Uh, when they make those uh, announcements there in um, usually November, December, when, when they announce the you know, D1, D2, D3 Coach of the Year. Um, just Notre Dame from the moment they were snubbed last year until now has been on a mission, and they completed that mission uh, today on Memorial Day. The Fighting Irish taking home their first national championship in program history. Uh, you happy for Notre Dame for that? And I think also it's fitting Duke didn't make the championship, uh, didn't make the tournament last year. And this is the third time these two have played each other in the national title game. Third time's a charm for the Irish. They lost in 2010. They lost in 2014. They win here in 2023. I am, you know, I, I, I picked Notre Dame to win the title when we did our um, NCAA tournament preview show. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm glad they won to get that title um, and also that I was correct in that. Um, but I'm also glad Notre Dame won for a different reason. And this is a great segue here into Saturday's games. I'm glad Notre Dame won. Because if Duke would have won, and frankly I don't care who wins, um, I don't particularly like either Duke or Notre Dame in terms of a university or in terms of an athletic department. But cross-wise, I don't really have any favorites. Um, and again, I... Just want everyone to have fun. Everyone play good games. I want to watch good games. Um, but if Duke wins this game, what is the talk about? 
if Duke wins this game, what is this talk about? It's about Garrett Redmond. It's about his foot being on the crease. It's about an asterisk being beside that national championship. I came out of Saturday thinking, oh my gosh, this is a great weekend. We had an overtime game, Virginia and Notre Dame. Overtime game, Penn State, uh, Duke. And we're going to have to talk about, we're going to have to remember this weekend. We're going to have to remember this great weekend by a foot that was in the crease, a controversial call, controversial win, rule, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're going to remember this great weekend by. And frankly, that's not true anymore. But we still have to talk about it. Because, look, I have been a, a person who has said consistently, I do not want replay in college cross. I see what it's done for college football. I see what it's done for college basketball, NBA, every other sport. I don't want to see five-minute reviews where you're looking at, did the guy make the save or did he not? What was the ball over the line or out of the... Did he have control of it or not? You know, going back to the Syracuse game earlier this year. I don't want to see a referee spend five minutes on that. Just get the game going. I don't care. It's one goal. I don't want to see that. And also, the fact of the matter is, most programs, the ACCs, the Big Tens, the... The teams that are on TV all the time, they can have replay at all their games. And they have those resources. But there are some teams that don't even stream all of their games yet. Like, there are a couple programs that still don't stream every single one of their games. And even the ones that do, some of these streams is nothing more than a camera, maybe an iPhone camera, set up in the press box, and a guy just following the ball as best he can. That's what some of these streams are. You think they're going to have the capacity to implement replay at a wholesale level in college across? If you believe that, you're stupid. You have no clue what you're talking about. Okay? That's not going to happen. And if it ever does happen, it's going to be quite a while. But, in the NCAA tournament, every single game is televised. Every game is produced by ESPN. In the NCAA tournament. In the NCAA tournament, you should be able to review plays. What kind of plays, though? Well, I would say, like the Penn State Army game, that was a great review. That benefited the game. That benefited the game. We got to see that Reese Bielek, unfortunate for Army, didn't get off the shot in time. We saw that. We absolutely saw that. You can review that under the current rules. You can review when a shot was released in terms of the timing on the clock and all that. But you can't review if his foot was on the crease or was in the crease doesn't make any sense to me. And something I hear a lot 
and um, you know, it really kind of struck me on Saturday talking to some people after this game um, and, and after the uh, the games were over and, and, and all the talk was of Garrett Redman's foot. Um, the term lacrosse or the statement, whatever you want to say, lacrosse can't get out of its own way. That's a term I've heard often. That's a term I'm sure many of y'all are familiar with. People say that about lacrosse. Because many times, we can't get out of our own way. Simply true. It's a fact. It's a fact. I think this is another one of those instances. Now, is it on the referees? No. Is it on, you know, the NCAA? Yes, absolutely. Um, Indianapolis, Indiana is where the NCAA is located. You can find their address widely on the internet. So uh, please send your uh, request forms to Indianapolis. Send your request forms for review to the NCAA. Those are the folks who screwed up. Those are the folks who are responsible for what we saw there on Saturday afternoon. A fantastic game being uh, really, you know, funneled into one play. One play. Garrett Ledman's foot was on the line. Now, can you say that one play, if, if, that, if they call that right, Penn State wins? I don't know. Maybe Penn State goes down and scores. Maybe Penn State goes down, gets stopped, Duke comes back and scores. We don't know what happens. We really don't know what happens. Uh, so I, I would not put it on Duke and say, well, Duke should have been there. Um, Penn State should have been there. Because we, don't, we frankly don't know. And frankly, both those teams played their hearts out. Uh, credit to Penn State. What a fantastic turnaround from last year. 3-11. So what was it, 11-5 this year? Um, or 10-5, whatever the record was. Uh, just a fantastic turnaround that they had. Uh, this season, Jack Fraseon was fantastic in cage. T.J. Malone going off once again there on Saturday for Penn State. Um, Naso played very well at the faceoff dot in that game for Duke, but was impressed with the effort uh, that Mullins and Vaughn were able to give at the dot and, and at least make it a 50-50 type game in some of those quarters when they needed it to be the most. So, uh, a really good game there, Penn State and Duke, but unfortunately, uh, the one play and the, and the one play only is what most will talk about coming out of this weekend when that game is uttered. Now, the other game, Virginia and Notre Dame, uh, this is another game I, I just want to say here, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this, that I, I, I think, again, shows the kind of grit, the kind of will to win that Notre Dame brought all weekend. I, I, with about, what was it, six or seven minutes left in that game, I thought, oh, Virginia has it. But Virginia has it. I think they were up two or three at the time. Um, and it, it kind of felt like a situation where, like, 
Notre Dame is getting is they can get there that they, they can't get over the hump. Much like what we've seen with Notre Dame in uh, you know many a times, right? They get to championship weekend, they get to the title game, but they can't win it. But this year they got over the hump. And they got over the hump on Saturday. They beat Virginia. Virginia had beaten them twice this season. Again, three times a charm. Notre Dame beats Virginia. And that game, it really felt like for a long time that the luck was with the with, 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 the luck was with the Cavaliers, which just doesn't seem right. But in the end, it was the Irish who won that game and advanced to Memorial Day. And again, it was the Irish who won the national championship game on Memorial Day 2023. 13 to 9, Notre Dame beats Duke for their first ever national championship. Alright, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, y'all can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.